Welcome to Edgemont Bible Church in Fairview Heights, Illinois, where our mission is to glorify God by guiding people into a discipleship relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to today's message by our pastor, Douglas A. White. We had read in Mark chapter 1, where uh, he said in verse 16, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. That's what we had read uh, earlier. And I want to just share with you today, I've been trying to show you how Jesus had set up something very special. Jesus' coming was not a second guess. Jesus' coming was the plan. And if I can set the platform up as a timeline again, where this is the beginning of time, and down there is the end of all time, step outside of time, and this is where God lives. He lives in eternity. And what his plan was was back here before anything began, back before anything started. And Jesus is the one through whom he's making all these things. He is the one who is going to redeem all of that. And that's not a second thought that God's having somewhere up in here where people are messing up their lives. It's not a second thought that he had someplace here. It was the plan from the beginning. And in that plan from the beginning, he is dropping notes about what he's going to do called prophecies all along the way. He's telling people, this is when it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. These are the people that are going to be involved in it. This is what's going to be involved in it. All of those things he was saying, even giving more information about the time when he would come again at this part of history. Today, we want to look at the things that Jesus did to enlist people. We tried to share with you that he had created a brand. And I realize people might not like the, the crass sound that that has to it. But the brand, the brand is that you can have a personal relationship with Almighty God, that you can know him fully and completely, and why that is so tragically important. You say, tragically? Yes, because there is a judgment coming, friends. There's a judgment coming. And with that judgment, those outside of the Lord Jesus Christ are going to be permanently outside the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a big judgment that's coming up, and all need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But what we want to see is how Jesus began to enlist people. Again, he didn't just come for himself. He's not coming just to die on the cross. No, he's coming to get a people particularly. He wants a people that's going to be his people, a people that will join him in his kingdom, a people that will be with him in that second coming, a people that will be rescued from the judgment which is to come. How did he enlist those people? So let's take a look at that today. First of all, he's going to get a community of called and chosen people called and chosen people. It's not just going to be volunteers that signed up and said, hey, let's, let's join the, the, the new world coming. No, these were called and chosen people. Jesus brought himself to them. Matter of fact, it tells us in John chapter 6 that the, the Father brought people to Jesus. And Jesus said, whoever the Father brings to me, I will never cast out. It doesn't matter what they are. I don't care about gender. I don't care about ethnic background. I don't care about behaviors. I don't care. If my Father brings them to me, I will receive them. 
And whatever I receive to myself, that I will transform. I will make into my own image. I will work by the Holy Spirit. I will redeem that individual. I'll give that individual brand new life. It was a community of called and chosen people. He was not looking for just a, simply a, a unique group, but a group that would be a community of people. And they would come from a variety of backgrounds, just like we have here. I, I, I do think that's a marvelous thing, that as many different backgrounds as are represented here this day, as many different people groups, as many different things as there are here, that we are all common in the Lord Jesus Christ, that there isn't one that's better or lesser that we're all common in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we all came to the Lord Jesus Christ through whatever way he determined to bring us there, just as we'll see in this one today. When Jesus is calling people, it's men who be brought to the Christ, taught by him, and to lead his people after he leaves the earth. Jesus knows from back there he knows exactly what he's going to have to do here. He's going to spend three years collecting people getting people, introducing people, showing people what the gospel is, then he's going to have one moment where he's going to allow God to judge all those people through him. And he's going to become their representative. All these people that he's been teaching about the kingdom of God, Jesus is going to become their representative. And God's going to take the iniquity of all those people and lay it on the Lord Jesus Christ. And through Christ's death, that iniquity is going to be born. And Jesus is going to take those people, redeem them for the time when he leaves the earth. And those people and those who follow those people are going to be in this period of time. You and I, I believe, are somewhere in this period right here. But all this time, he's given people to lead through the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the people who'd be born in that time. But he has to enlist some leaders first. So he enlisted those leaders. He was going to enlist disciples whom the Father is drawing to and giving to the Lord Jesus Christ as his own peculiar treasure. Jesus would pray in that, uh, the night that he was betrayed. He would pray, Father, they were yours, and you gave them to me. You brought them to me, and I've lost none except the son of perdition the one who was scheduled to be lost anyway. I've kept them all, and they've all remained in your word. They have loved you, and you have loved them. They're still yours. The Father gave those disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just say this. Do you understand he gave you to Jesus too? I know you might, might, might want to think that it was some great decision, some wise decision you made on your part, but let me share this with you. My Father drew you and gave you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he received you, not on any merit of yours, not because of anything you were done, simply be by grace and by love, he did that for us. And that's the next thing I want to bring up. Letter D, they were ordinary folk who are chosen by grace and love, not by merit, just ordinary folk. Now, let me see if I can tell you how life worked during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. Young men were all taught in the synagogues. They were to learn everything there was to know about the Torah. They had to memorize great portions of the Torah. And as they memorized those great portions of the Torah, they'd be tested on it all throughout. The big final test came at their bar mitzvah. 
the, the, where they become bar means son, mitzvah means law, where they became a son of the law. They are now, now children of the law, children of the Torah. And the goal was to be able to do so well at this that one of the rabbis in the area would see who you are and would recognize you as someone who needs to follow him. And that rabbi would choose you, call your name out, and you would follow him. Every mom and dad looked forward to the day that the rabbi would come by from the synagogue after the bar mitzvah and say, I want you to follow me. But when they didn't, and when no one said, follow me, they had to follow their parents. And they go to work whatever their parents' field was. And that's what they would teach to their kids. And their sons, when they would go to synagogue, they'd hope that, that God would choose them. Maybe a great honor would be given to them, and they'd be chosen to follow a rabbi, and maybe they'd be a great leader of Israel. Maybe they'd be the leader that brings them the Messiah. Maybe they'd be the Messiah himself. So they look forward to that time that that rabbi would say that. But when that rabbi didn't, they continued to do the work of their fathers. So many of them became fishermen, carpenters. They became whatever their father's occupation was. There were times you could step outside of that if you learned another trade, maybe from your uncle or something else. But that's the way life went. These men that Jesus is going to choose were men, obviously, who hadn't been picked up by a rabbi. They were just normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill fellows who are doing their occupation and doing the things they're supposed to do. When a rabbi is going to come by and say to them, I'm choosing you, that was considered an honor by that parent. More about that in just a minute, I think, as it will make sense to you. Letter E, they were followers who will be transformed by him through the new birth, create and manage the community, and learn to lead after a godly manner. Now, here's what I know. I know that the Scriptures already teach us that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't go into the kingdom of God the way we are. This body is a tent. It is temporary. It's not going to last forever. All of us living in these tents are going to lose that tent sooner or later. We are going to be separated from it. Our spirit's going to leave that tent. We'll call that dying. But brothers and sisters, the story doesn't end there. We're not to be disembodied spirits for eternity. Jesus has promised us a grand resurrection in which all of those body parts brought back together again are brought together with that spirit, and that spirit and body reunited is called the resurrection. And that's the promise that's coming to each and every one of us. That's why you are going to see your loved one and know who they are when they have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You are going to see them. You are going to know who they are. You will recognize them for what they were because there is going to be a, a resurrection, a reunion together. But in order for us to get to that place, we have to be transformed. Since this body is not going to inherit, guess what? This twisted spirit isn't either. What's twisted inside of me is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. A man has to be born again. So here I come into this world. I'm, uh, as David says, conceived in sin. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm born into a world of sin. And I am brought forth in iniquity. I'm brought forth as a person that's twisted away from God. I already have that in me. I don't have to wait for that to happen. I don't have to wait to be a bad boy or anything like that. I'm already twisted away from God. Now, I may have to wait to act on that, but I'm already twisted away from God. Everybody follow that? That has to change. If that iniquity doesn't change, I live and die in that iniquity. Now, listen to the glorious truth of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have turned astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, my goodness. He laid the twist of every one of us on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that straightens us. If a man is not born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If a man is not born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So here's what the Lord did. With a spirit renewed and a body with the promise of renewal, the day will come when that renewed spirit, that transformed spirit, is brought back together with that new body, and with so shall we ever be with the Lord. So you've got to be transformed first. But that's not all. He's going to create and manage a community. You're going to have to work with that community. Every one of us is going to have to learn how to love one another. Even when it's hard to like one another, we're going to have to love one another. We're going to have to understand what that means, that everybody's got flaws, they've got character problems, they've got all kinds of things with them. Jesus is the only one who can change that, and he creates a community. Listen, a lot of communities can be built over common causes. Some of the strongest communities ever built are the common cause of a, of a common enemy, that's a community built out of hate. That's a community built out of desire to change something for a better situation. That's not the way the church is. The church is a community of believers brought together in a transformed way to be like the Savior himself, having the same goals, same ambition, the same drive as that Savior. That's what the, the believers in Christ are all about. And he wants this group that he's selecting here to learn how to lead after a godly manner. They're going to have to learn how to be good elders. They're going to have to learn how to be good deacons. They're going to have to learn how to be good teachers. All of that is going to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Letter F, they are trusters who will receive the revelation of the mystery of God through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not going to count on their intellects. They are ordinary folk, people. It's not that they're not smart. They are smart. Some some are average. He's not going to count on simply their intellect. He's counting on giving them the Holy Spirit that will guide them into truth, teach them the things that Jesus has taught them, bring them back to their remembrance so that they will be guided into a common truth. Letter G, they're a team of those who believe him and he will put in union with him. It isn't just that they're going to, you're not just in a Jesus class. Yes, you are walking around with Jesus. You are listening and you're, and you're living with Jesus. I mean, it's 24-7 with Jesus. You're living with him. So you're watching everything he's, he does. You're seeing every idiosyncrasy he has, every little habit that he has. You're seeing it all. And he's seeing yours and he's still staying with you. And that Lord Jesus, you're, you're seeing, you're just not in a class with him. He's going to say this on the di night he was betrayed. 
after he told them the importance of him being the vine and them being the branches and us having to abide in him, not as separate little agents over here working for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are working with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. That's the abiding act that goes on there. He's, he's letting them know to make sure that that happens I am praying the Father puts you in union with me, with each other, and with him. Friends, that is deeper than even a marriage. That's a bond that cannot be broken by God Almighty, uh, that, that God would break, except by God Almighty. That's the only way it can be broken, and he's not breaking it. He made the bond to hold us together. He's put us in union with the living God. Letter G. I'm I'm sorry, let's go on to, um, yeah, letter H. The leadership team will learn from him and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the same work as him in his absence. They're going to watch him do some work that nobody else does. There's not another rabbi on the planet that does what Jesus does. They've never seen anybody do that. They've never heard anybody teach with the authority that he teaches. They've never seen anyone like the Lord Jesus Christ, and they feel privileged to be walking around with him. He's going to give them his Holy Spirit. They'll do the same kind of work that he did. Letter I, they're a privileged group of believers who have personal access to the teaching of Jesus that others do not have. I don't know if you, if you grasp this or not, but friends, the parables that Jesus was teaching, he taught in order to disguise the things he was saying, to cover up the things that he was teaching. Why? Because they weren't taking hold of the great things he was teaching them. They were not listening to what he was saying. They were speaking, he was speaking plainly. They weren't listening to that. So he started putting it into parables. And the disciples were saying, boy, I know you're talking in parables to him. We don't get what you're saying. He said, listen, They have to listen to parables, but you don't. You come with me because I'm going to teach you what I said in each of those parables. And he gave to them inside information about those parables. Jesus drew them aside and taught them what the Old Testament had to say about him. They were being personally taught by the Lord Jesus Christ the deep secrets of the Bible. They were being the understanding now the truth of the Bible. That because of a relationship he had. He's going to tell them, you are privileged. I am giving you something that others do not have. I am giving you my spirit. I'm giving you my personal understanding. I'm giving you the full understanding. You will have the mind of Christ. Wow. Letter J. Jesus sees what the Father shows him. He calls them and they follow him. This is the call of the rabbi. How does Jesus know who to look for? Is there a little light bulb around each of their heads? Is there some little sign that he's supposed to see? The Father, he said. Jesus spent time praying with the Father. The Father tells him, this is who I'm going to show you today. Today I'll show you two fellows that I want you to call. These are the fellows I'm giving to you. So Jesus would go and he would see, and Father would say, that's one. And Jesus would call that one. That's another one. Call that one. And he could know 
because of the Father's prior work, that one's going to say yes. That one's going to say yes. If you remember my story about the rabbi, here comes a rabbi who's known now for the work that he does that's different from everybody else, and he says to guys who are busy fishing in a business, get up and follow me. Do you realize their father is not going to object? If you were the father, wouldn't you say, whoa, 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 hey, hey, dude, what are you doing? That's my employees. You can't take my employees like that. You're ruining my business. Stop. No. Why? Because it's counted an honor to be chosen by a rabbi. And a rabbi like this one who they already know stories about. Listen, this is the kid, remember, in Nazareth that when he got there, they were already telling stories about things that had happened to him in Bethlehem. They're still telling the stories that the shepherds had spoken years ago. They're still knowing the story of this 13-year-old boy that goes down to the temple, gets lost down there, and the people at the temple are saying, who is this guy? He's not been taught by anybody, but he knows more than the rest of us. And now that one is going to say to you, follow me. You're going to drop it. You're going to pick up because that's an honor. And that, brothers and sisters, why you don't see Zebedee jumping up and saying, you can't do this. You're ruining my business. No. Zebedee's saying, glory to God. My son's been chosen. Hallelujah. My son's been chosen. Can I, can I just say this to every parent? When when your child says to you, I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, would you just look at them and smile and say, glory to God, my child's been chosen. Somehow my son knows he wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. On that day that they tell you, I want to give my life fully and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ, don't hold back. It's an honor to be chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ. You follow where we're coming from? And that's why you don't see a great deal of argument going on with these parents. This great rabbi has chosen their sons to follow them. Well, you've, got an, you've enlisted a team, so now he's starting to gather all these guys behind him, and they're starting to follow him, and they know. Here's what you, 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 well, let's look at this. Look at, uh, with me at, at Mark chapter 1, verse 16 again. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Look, he is going to do the training. He knows what he wants them to be. He has a goal in mind. He's not asking them, what's your vocational desires? What would you like to do when you grow up? He's saying, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. This is what you're going to be. When I get done with you, you will know how to find men the same way you know how to find fish. You will be hauling in men the same way. Listen, can you imagine this? Peter's one of those he's going to call. Can you imagine what happens on that day, on that day of Pentecost, when Peter stands up, gives this sermon, and all of a sudden 3,000 people are responding? Do you, do you ever wonder if he stopped and thought, this is like doing it with a net, man. And he pulled that net in, and the boat was sinking and all that. This is, this is great, man. Pull the net. 
because he knew how to be fishers of men. It wasn't his skill. It wasn't his ability. It was what Jesus taught him to be. It was out following the draw of God as God draws people into that net and you're pulling that net in. I'll make you become fishers of men. That's what Jesus is going to do. That's what Jesus does to people who follow him. I can say this, letter B, it'll be a 24-7 on-the-job training as they followed him and live with him. They will know his life intimately. It will be practical and heavenly. They're not only going to understand things from the earth, because Jesus, talk about, talk about a master teacher. Jesus can look at things on the earth. He, he can look at grain growing and come up with a story. He can see a path and tell a story about path. He can see a guy sowing some stuff and tell how this is the way it works on with the, with the Word of God. A master teacher, and he's going to teach them how to do that very thing. They're going to follow his example, and they're going to see him in every situation. That They're going to stop at times and say, Master, we, we watch you, and we, we, we stop someplace. You go off by yourself, and you pray. But you're not praying recited prayers. But Teach us to pray what you pray. And Jesus is going to do just exactly that. Teach them how to talk with God the same way the Son of God talks with his dad. Man, that, that's above rabbinical prayers. That's above anything they heard of the Sadducees. That's above anything they were taught at the dinner table. This is real communication with Almighty God. This is Moses stuff. They're going to have that kind of communication because the Son of God taught them. And then to, to add a bonus to it, that Son of God is saying, every time you talk to Dad, say this, in Jesus' name. Come in my name, and I, I know my Father will listen to you. Wow, these guys are getting some great privileges, people. Do you understand this is what's been passed on to you? This is 2,000 years old, and this is what he's been passing on for 2,000 years. He has loved you. He has chosen you. He has called you. He has gifted you. He's equipped you. He's given you the Holy Spirit, everything. Let her see. Rabbinical training meant doing whatever the master said to do. It meant repeating his words and asking appropriate questions. It was memorizing what he taught and putting it into practice. So everything they're learning from Jesus, they're picking up. They don't have a notebook. They're, they're putting it in here. They're remembering what Jesus said. And the, the, to make it even better, Jesus is going to tell them, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that will call to your memory the things which you have listened to me say. I'm going to make sure that you bring that back up again so that you're able to teach. And rabbinical training meant that they're going to do whatever he said. You're not going to sit there and question and ask him. what. He, if they're asking a question, it's going to be, help me understand better what you just said. But they're going to do whatever he says. If he says, feed these 5,000, they're going to ask, with what? But they're not going to deny that they're supposed to feed the 5,000. They're not going to say, nah, pick somebody else. You need to choose somebody else for a while. I don't know how to feed 5,000 people. Jesus says, give them what you have. Letter D. He would convince them of his person. He will show them God in the flesh. He'll teach them of the Father and prove his own authority, power as God. When, when we look next week at some of the things, notice some of the things that, uh, matter of fact, look over at Matthew chapter 4 just for a minute. Matthew chapter 4. I want you to see some things here because this is going to be stuff that Jesus is doing to prove to his own disciples why they should follow him. 
in uh, Matthew 4, uh, verses 18 to 22. I want you to pick up with uh, verse 23 instead. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Listen, if you're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom, you've got to understand what the kingdom is. So he's explaining to his disciples what's the kingdom, what's it about. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. He's teaching them something they'd never heard before. He is healing people like they'd never seen happen before. He's exercising demons like they'd never seen happen before. That's their master. That's the one they're following. They are glad they're following that master. He is showing them that he is the Son of God. As a matter of fact, as uh, time moves along, he's going to ask them, who do men say that I am? They're going to say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, come back again. Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're this. Some say, but who do you say I am? He wanted to know, have I been showing you all this stuff? Has it caught on with you? Have you grasped what I'm having to say? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes! You are right. You are right, and my Father has shown that to you. That's not just something you got from scientific examination. For everybody else is doing the scientific thing. Everybody else is looking me over. And instead of believing me for what I am, they're saying he gets his power from Satan. He gets his power from Beelzebub. It's all trickery. It's all a fakery. Not these guys. The Father who had drawn them is convincing them Jesus is that Christ. So he's got to show them his person. Going on further, the letter E, he would show them his work. When he was gone, they would do that work. One of the things about being uh, the, the person that he was, when Jesus does that work, only that person could do that work. Only the person of God could do the work that the Lord Jesus Christ did. Letter F. He would explain plainly and understandably his teaching, and they'd be repeating those teachings to others later. They must be accurate. Now, guys, I'm just saying this so that we'll get this picture. This is what you have inherited. You can know the things of God. You can open up the Word of God yourself and by the Holy Spirit read and understand what this Word has to say. He wants you to know it. He's teaching you to have that personal relationship. And that's why we kind of laughed last week when it was talking about binging on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, get so close to the Lord Jesus Christ that he can teach you. It's really difficult, you know, even in school. If you're not going to go to class, it's really hard for that teacher to teach you anything, right? Or if you decide you go to class once a week, kind of hard for the teacher to teach you something. You've got to be with that teacher the whole time. Brothers and sisters, we need to be with him the whole time. He's got things he wants to show us, things that are important for the time in which you live. There are prophetic utterances being performed in your presence right now, and he has called you to witness those things and speak of those things. If you don't know what those things are, it's going to be really tough. He wants us to spend that time with him so that we can know it. He's willing to teach us everything we want to know. They'd be repeating those teachings to others later. They will all be living among the people, not in a special school somewhere, detached from real life. 
They will learn the context of living. They'll watch him live it in the presence of people. I think it's one of the beautiful things about the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't just take off to a cave someplace, draw 12 people to him and say, get out your notebooks, here's the teaching. No, he's right where people are. You, 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 you're healing people because the people who are where you are are sick. You're casting out demons because the people where you are have demons. He's not going somewhere and saying, this is what you could do if you found some people who have demons. Don't know where they are. but they, No, Jesus is with them. We have to be with them. You, you follow where we're coming from? Not to run. We have to be with people in order to show them who the Jesus is, what he's all about. <clears throat> letter I. I'm sorry, letter H. Learning how to read, interpret, and apply the scriptures of the Tanakh. Do you realize they don't have any of the New Testament? None of it. Uh, that's not going to be written for another 30 to 40, 50 years. So they don't have any of that. Everything they've got to go on is the Old Testament. And may I say, few of them had a pocket Torah. You know, they're just they're hard to come by. What they had was Torah, and they had to know and remember. Remember those boys are taught when they're young men how to memorize the Torah? Jesus is taking the things they've memorized and showing them what he has to do with that, how he's in that Torah, how he is the one that they're talking about in the Torah. He would expose the world of spiritual warfare and demonstrate his authority over it. Wow. These guys are going to see some things they had not seen before. They're going to see spiritual beings attacking the Lord Jesus Christ like they've never seen with anyone else. They're going to see demon-possessed people everywhere, and they're going to watch Jesus' amazing authority over them to say simply, come out of him. And it does. They hadn't seen anything like that before. There were no rituals, no incantations, no special herbs to bring forth, no special smoke to bring, no special things to eat. No, they, they were watching him by his word casting people out. That's going to be important because they're going to be facing that same spiritual world. Matter of fact, one of those guys later is going to write, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual darkness in this, against all kinds of wicked hosts that are spanned against us. That's where the wrestling was. These guys are not going to find that a surprising thing. They had already seen it with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great and awesome Savior that he would take them through that and show them that before he leaves. Because when he leaves, they're going to face that very same world. Matter of fact, some of them are going to die at the hands of those people that they were facing in that very world. Well, that's Jesus selecting us. That's Jesus enlisting people. Let me give you a little health tip for today. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to share with you that um, after uh, having my surgery, I, I realized that uh, there are some things I could have done for myself that might have prevented that surgery. There's some healthy things that you could do, some things that maybe you could eat differently and do a little bit. I understand there's genetics involved with it. I understand there's all kinds of things. But I'm determined to do things a little differently with my health right now. So I'm trying to work on that aspect of it. But the most important health any of us are ever going to have is our spiritual health. 
Are you healthy spiritually? So here's a health tip for you. Last week we talked about uh, binging on the Lord Jesus Christ, and by which we meant, you know, people binge on watching some movie series that they really liked or some other series where they're just going to watch one right after the other. And they're going to watch them until they finish the whole episode. Well, what I like to encourage you to do, good health means that you're eating one right after the other. Jesus told us to dine on me, my flesh and my blood. Stick with me. Abide in me. So I'm going to tell you that good health means good practice every day. It doesn't just mean having a, a time on a Sunday or a time on a weekend or a time when somebody's declared it a national holiday or something. No, it means every day you're dining on the Lord Jesus Christ. So good health means devouring good food daily and at each meal. So let me just encourage you. At each of the meals that you have during the day, why don't you recite a verse that you've memorized about the Lord Jesus Christ? Not, not just about a general scripture. I'm going to tell you, dine on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do scriptures that deal with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have some favorites that I like to do with the, with the, that just deal with the Lord Jesus Christ and some things he did. You might take some passage like this and just note that Jesus went everywhere doing, feeling compassion for people. Then ask yourself a question. Do I feel that compassion for people? Lord Jesus, give me that compassion for people. Give me the eyes that see things the way you see them. I don't see the fields that's white to harvest all the time. Sometimes all I see is people being mean to each other. That's hard to see that as a harvest that's white and that's ready to go. Read passages of Scripture that speak of Jesus three times a day. If you're going to eat your meal three times a day, then carry a portion of Scripture with you, or if you've got it memorized, then bring it back up. But three times a day, read portions that deal about Jesus, not about just behavior, but about Jesus himself. Give Jesus the time to teach you who he is. Thank the Father in Jesus' name for large and small. It's easy to thank the Father in Jesus' name for the big things that happen to you, but small things as well. Just remembering that, well, let me ask you this. Maybe, maybe you don't have this kind of problem. Have you ever gone into a room and not remember why you went into a room? Okay. Well, Sue and I have. We've gone into a room and then stopped looking at that room saying, what a nice room. What was I in here for? I know I came in here. You know, I don't mind right then saying, Lord Jesus, I know who you're dealing with, and I know you do too. Would you please help me remember why it was I came in here? And I always have to kind of laugh when he does. It's, it's kind of exciting. Uh, well, I, I have some stories I'll tell you there, but that would take up too much of our time. <clears throat> Pray without ceasing. One of the things that uh, I'm, I'm learning to do is just call out his name. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on Israel today. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, thank you so much for my wife. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, thank you for the brothers and sisters I get to know. And just stop yourself and say that, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Get it to the point where he does occupy your thinking. That's binging on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's learning to have that steady diet of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's called, letting my words abide in you. God has called us, kids, in a, a fantastic calling. God has wanted us to be his people. We want to be his people. 
but we want to spend time with Him. That's the only way we're ever going to be as people. Transformed by Him. I don't want to just to, to, to be glad that I've trusted Jesus. I want to be transformed by Him. I don't want to just think, oh, I, I'm, I'm missing hell now. I won't have to go to hell now. No, I want to know. I'm knowing Jesus. That's eternal life. Father, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for his work in us. Thank you for the things he's doing in us. We pray just now for the sake of Jesus that you'll open our hearts to the truth of abiding in Christ. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We hope God has encouraged you with today's message by Pastor White. Thank you for joining us at the Edgemont Bible Church. We'd love to have you visit us if you're ever in the area. For directions, more information, or to support the ministry of Edgemont Bible Church, please go to our website at edgemontbiblechurch.org. That's edgemontbiblechurch, all one word, dot org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Edgemont Bible Church, where the Sunday morning message is broadcast live.